0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome in the NL West Divisional Roundtable brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Miller Thomas, host of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Joined by me today is Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies. To my right, all the way to the right is Javier Reyes, Lockdown Padres. Yes, please say hello. Uh, Jeff Snyder. Yep, (laughs) right below me, Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers. And then out in the far right corner is Ben Kaspic of Lockdown Giants. Gentlemen, we are here today to break down the NL West. We're going to talk about who's going to win the division, who is the best trade piece, who is the best farm system to set their team up for future success. But before we discuss the regular season, we must first start with the offseason. So I'll start with the man whose team now has renewed World Series expectations. That is Paul Holden of Lockdown Rocky. So, Paul, who do you think won the offseason? Well, I
2: would say the easy answer is probably the Dodgers. That's probably the easiest answer. But I'm going to go ahead and say the Rockies were pretty effective. I wouldn't say they necessarily won, quote unquote, the offseason. But they took a team that didn't have a superstar potentially for the first time in history, a team that's been kind of a mess and, and not really sure about the direction and the identity of this team and they decided to create an, a whole new brand. It's the Chris Bryant-led Colorado Rockies, and they're going to hit a lot more home runs, trading away Rymel Tapia and uh, you know, trying to bolster this offense. I think the the, the biggest mistake uh, that the Rockies made this offseason was, was letting John Gray walk and go to the Texas Rangers. I think when you're LA and you can add a, pl- a player like Freddie Freeman to your already great roster and you bring back someone like Kershaw and you just continue to create this team that some call is the best of all time. I don't think you can really say that anyone outperformed them in the off season, but I, I as, as for, for, for the rest of the division, I don't think any, the Padres, the giants, or the, the, the diamondbacks have made as many impressive moves as the Rockies. I mean, Everyone was shocked that Chris Bryant chose to go play baseball in Colorado. I mean, that he was one of the biggest free agents mm-hmm. out there, probably could have played anywhere he wanted to. I know there's the course Field narrative. There's all that stuff. And we he thinks we're a winner and all that good stuff that, that you hear and that type of stuff. But the Rockies were able to go out and make – more moves than they've made in a long, long time, and and give themselves a, a big star in Chris Bryant. So I'll give the Rockies a second-place finish, but, of course, I, I think the Dodgers and the, and the Freddie Freeman deal headlining that, I, I don't think that can be beat. The, the Dodgers are really good at spending money especially.
3: Javi, <laughs> who do you think wins? Yeah, the sure, sure, I'll go. Uh, look, Paul, I appreciate everything you said there. Uh, I, I personally find the Rockies direction just a little bit odd, but I mean, maybe I'm hoping that they're starting. They're like, all right, starting now, we're going to start and do some stuff. So maybe that's what the Chris Bryant, uh, signing represents. Even if it is a little bit weird, you lose Arenado, and then you decide to get Chris Bryant, but regardless, uh, it was, it was certainly a shock. Um, but what isn't a shock is the Dodgers won the offseason. I don't really think it's particularly close. I actually would think probably with the exception of the New York Mets, probably the biggest splashes, or at least the best offseason overall you lose Muncie for a little bit, or at least he's unhealthy. You have some concerns, go get Freddie Freeman who cares. And not to mention they re-sign Chris Taylor. That's really good. Very underrated super utility player that would probably be a, like the fifth best position batter on like any other team, but on the Dodgers, he's like your ninth man, which is crazy. Um, And then on top of that, they also make sure to bring Kershaw back. And while that was, I think at one point everyone said, yes, of course, there was a little bit of a fear that the Texas Rangers were going to get involved. They were spending a lot of money. There's a lot of rumors there. So they bring back Kershaw. And from what I understand, they just have, you know, a really flexible roster. So I don't think that they did anything that suggests that they're, they have like a, um, you know, like a, this is, there's not a double-edged sword to any move that they made. They signed Freddie Freeman. You're fine. Chris Taylor. Cool. There's nothing they really did particularly. Yeah. They have some holes. And I mean that in quotes, like maybe, you don't know, have Kenley Jansen anymore, I guess. And, you know, the four and five guys in the rotation might be a little bit weird, but it's it's the Dodgers because they certainly didn't lose it. And they got better probably um, versus last year.
1: Wow. Surprised you didn't love the Luke Voigt-Eric Hosmer combo at 1st uh Javier Reyes, I'll bring it up later. Yeah, <laughs> let's go with Ben caspic Ben, who do you think won the offseason?
0: Well, in the division, it pains me to say it, but I think that that... The other two are right. It has to be the Dodgers. Anytime you can go out and get Freddie Freeman and add him to a team. I mean, the top three in that lineup in any order figure to be Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner. Those are arguably three of the top five players in baseball, three of the top 10 players in baseball. So it's pretty crazy what they were able to do and they bring back Kershaw. So, yeah, it pains me to say it, but I have to go with L.A. Jeff, are you going to continue
1: the sentiment and so say your team had the best <laughs> offseason? Uh,
4: I don't know. I, I was going villain. to until you mentioned Eric Hosmer, and I forgot <laughs> the Padres still have him, and so that kind of <laughs> makes a, a, any uh, any offseason a winner for them. No, I obviously I, I'm pretty pleased with the Freddie Freeman addition. Uh, you know, I, I think Chris Bryant to the Rockies is very interesting. Uh, you know, the, the Rockies overall, it's a kind of a, a – like they don't, they didn't have the same vision for the future at the beginning of the off season as they did at the end. And who knows if they will six months from now, uh, you know, he's not the first third baseman they've signed to a long-term contract. I don't know if you know that. And so uh, the last one didn't turn out that great, Uh, but you know, at least they're trying. And and so I I like that. Uh, The giants, I think had a kind of understated good off season. When you start with the, the baseline of losing Kevin Gosman, Uh, And losing Buster Posey, what the Giants were able to do, especially in the rotation, I feel like the Giants come into the season with a pretty decent rotation. And so they didn't necessarily have any big flashy moves, but they, they, I think they set themselves up decently to not have too much of a fall off from last season. I think they probably overperformed a little last year. And so there's going to be a fall off anyway. Uh, especially losing Gosman and Posey, but I think they did a good job putting it together. But yeah, I mean, in the end, the Dodgers didn't need Freddie Freeman. The Dodgers already had seven of their starting nine guys who have been all stars. And they said, well, let's make that eight out of nine. And the ninth one is Will Smith. You know, one of the top two catchers in baseball, Uh, you know, Freddie Freeman makes any lineup better. And the fact that the Dodgers are able to go get him. Uh, I know Paul was kind of tongue in cheek saying the Dodgers are good at spending money. Uh, they, they also are really good at drafting and developing <laughs> and doing all the other things that make a good team, but yeah, the money doesn't hurt. And uh, you know, I, for Freeman, I don't think it was really necessarily the money so much. It was, you know, they happened to play near where he grew up and where he wanted to come live. And so, you know, that, that, that all works out in the Dodgers favor and, Yeah, it's hard to sign Freddie Freeman and Clayton Kershaw in an offseason and not win the offseason.
1: I hear everyone's takes, and I appreciate everyone's takes, and I respect everyone's takes, but I got a totally different take, and I'm not even sure if I entirely believe it myself, but I'm going to double down with the Paul Holden homerism and go with the (laughs) D-backs who have the best offseason. Now, let's not listen. Wait, are they still listening? What are we doing? Before we get to the moans and groans, because I know the big splash was the Dodgers with Freddie Freeman. But when I look at the input versus output of talent, (laughs) I go around the NL West. Yes, the Dodgers got Freddie Freeman, but they lost the all-star shortstop and Corey Seager. They lost Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers in baseball. They lost Joe Kelly, Canley Jansen, Corey Nebel. They lost a ton of talent. I look at the Giants. They lost the heartbeat of that team. They lost Buster Posey, maybe their best position player, in Chris Bryant, a frontline starter, and Kevin Gosman. I look at the Colorado Rockies. They went out there, they signed Chris Bryant. Yes, they did, Paul. But do I love that contract? Probably not. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. That's a long-term contract. i I feel like he's going to be a depreciating asset. Javi, the Padres. I mean, they just kind of sat out this offseason. AJ Preller <laughs> is usually aggressive. I like the Luke Voigt move, but we'll see how we'll see how it turns out for them. So I look at the D backs and. Yes, they didn't do anything impressive, but they cleaned around the margins. They added Jordan Loplo, who is... Not a big time player at all, but he's a nice platoon player, right handed batter in a, a lineup full of lefties. They got Mark the Shark Melanson from the Padres. They signed Ian Kennedy and they gave their superstar player, Ketel Marte, the best contract in baseball, a five year, $76 million extension. They went out there and signed a new pitching coach in Brett Strom, who has turned Dallas Keichel, Justin Verlander, and Garrett Cole into Cy Young Award winner so i'm hoping you can do that with a zach gallon and maybe a luke weaver at least give some uh revive the career of a massive bum garner so i know the d backs didn't make any splashy moves but when i look at the input versus output of talent i feel like a lot of the teams in the nos actually lost more talent than they gained so i'm going with the d backs as the best offseason winner now you guys are free to shame my take
4: i'm just i'm just you are on my glasses so that i can look <laughs> down my nose at you <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's fair just to- Millard, everybody who's watching this or listening to this right now, just the all-time spin zone mm-hmm. uh, of, of the NL West hosts. He, you he actually said anything. the words
4: Jordan Leplo.
3: Yeah, I didn't <laughs> expect to say that on the podcast today. I'll I'll
1: even uh, throw another one dichotic. in there. We signed a number five starter in Zach Davies. He was terrible last season, but at least a track record of being a number five starter. she clean up the rotation. <laughs> so, I know, I know the D-backs aren't going to win the division, but I do want to discuss who is going to win the division, but before we talk about who's gonna win the division, I want to talk to you guys about my offseason because during the MLB offseason, no baseball on. I'm like, I'm trying to get healthy. Let me get back to the gym, and I've been trying this new product called Athletic Greens. So let me tell you what what Athletic Greens is. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It does all of those things. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's going to help you out. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin. And it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the... Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Let's get back into the NL West Divisional Roundtable. And as I mentioned, let's discuss who's going to actually win the NL West. We discussed who won the offseason. So based off those offseason moves, let's discuss who's going to win the division. So we probably already know who's going to win the division. We'll probably give a lot of similar answers. But we'll start with the guy who's going to try to convince himself his team can repeat once again as division winners. So I'll
0: start with Ben Kaspik of Lockdown Giants. Well, I said it last year, and I'll say it again this year. I think the Dodgers have to be the favorites on paper. And if I said the Giants, it would be massive homerism. And, I mean, it was incredible what the Giants did last year. And the, the race between the two teams was amazing. But on paper, it's impossible for me to say that the Giants have a better team than the Dodgers. Jeff,
1: well would you agree? <laughs> I know, very short, very sweet, succinct, <laughs> sweet, beautiful. I don't have much to
0: say. I mean uh yeah i just think i mean the dodgers (laughs) every year they're like contenders to win 100 games and it's hard uh on paper to match up with that well yeah jeff i
4: think there's a reason that ben said the phrase on paper multiple times because if there's one thing we learned (laughs) last year it's that the game isn't played on paper and you know uh last year the dodgers were probably a better team than the giants on paper too and then the giants won one more game than the dodgers did and and so you know it's easy all, all we can really do i mean I, I guess i'll go with the diamondbacks millard i think the hey. you know jordan Smart leplow man. you know um no you know the the best we can guess right now in march early april is that the team that looks the best on paper is going to perform the best and in baseball there's so much about health and luck and all of those things you know the dodgers have some some decent question marks you know can cody bellinger remember how to hit you know how's max muncie Going to bounce back from his injury? How healthy is Clayton Kershaw going to be? Mookie Betts was hobbled by a hip injury most of last year, missed time, and even when he was playing, he, he wasn't super healthy. And, and so there are plenty of question marks. But uh, but the fact is, the answer to most of those questions is likely to be, yeah, they're really good. And, and so you know that when the projection systems have the Dodgers winning a hundred games, projection systems are by design they are very conservative and so 100 wins seems like a conservative estimate for this team and you know realistically going in I'm kind of expecting the the Dodgers to go up against last year's record of 106 wins and that's kind of their what they're challenging for and so yeah you know on paper the Dodgers are the best team in baseball and so right now on April 5th my best guess is that the Dodgers are going to win the division.
1: Okay, Paul, Dick Monfort has been saying that the Rockies are ready to win it all. So is winning the division going to be the first step for the Colorado Rockies this season?
2: It's not going to happen this season, but I've said this before and I'll say it again. The Rockies are closer than people think to to playoff contention, and there's few teams that are going to be uh, a bigger benefit of the extended wild card than the Colorado Rockies. I don't think the Rockies were sitting here. They will never say that they're rebuilding or whatever, but they never want to also sit there and say that they can't be competitive. And they've made enough moves. They've done enough stuff that you'll sit there and say, if things go right and this team scores runs they're they're not historically bad on the road like they were last year i mean if you look at some of the numbers a 10 game swing for the rockies last season puts them right in the thick of the playoff race and and, and let alone uh how well they played against the padres in the second half of the season where they honestly for for kind of it's kind of a lazy way to think of it but the Rockies were the reason the Padres didn't make the playoffs last year. The Padres simply could not beat the Rockies in the second half of the season, even with the Rockies being historically bad on the road. The Rockies were able to go to San Diego and win in a series late in the season and, and take some wins away. Now, you know, you again – the Dodgers clearly the favorites to win the West. I don't think the Rockies have done anything, or any of these other teams are going to go up there and, and make a move. I, I think the Giants were a, a little bit of an anomaly in the sense of how good they were last year. Will they still be really good? I think so. They're the Giants. They've clearly shown that they're able to, to be a consistently good team. But I'm going to, for, for my big hot takes here, especially with Millard starting that off. I think the Padres and the D-backs are kind of a little bit more on the fraud side than the Rockies are in terms of uh, being close to the playoffs and and contention. I'm just going to go out and say the Rockies have a pretty solid starting rotation. If their bullpen doesn't collapse and this new look, Rockies offense scores runs. uh, They're going to be a lot. And they're able to continue to beat this all formerly World Series contending Padres team. And apparently this division winning Diamondbacks team or whatever Miller's telling me. I think the Rockies are in a better shape and more or more likely
1: to contend than those two teams this year. Wow. 52 win all frauds. Right. That's the first time I heard that. But <laughs> pa- Javi, tell me why the Padres will realize this season that there is more baseball to be played after the All-Star break.
3: Look. Uh, all right. So there it is. All right, everybody, we've checked it off. We've got three <laughs> of the, four, of the three, four people slandering the Padres so far. We're just waiting on Ben. That should come up uh, pretty soon. But uh, unfortunately, the slander isn't wrong. All right. Uh, The big thing with the Padres was one of the worst collapses last year in the second half. And yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, I think the big thing with them is even if you want to say Kershaw, I believe it was a one year deal. He's going to take a step back. Well, you still have Julio Arias and you still have Walker Buehler Arias. I feel like kind of took that like next step. He was always a good pitcher, but took like a little bit of a next step uh, last season. And then I really like Tyler Anderson. I thought that was a low-key pickup. I think he's going to be great for them. So even if you don't like Andrew Heaney and you think Tony Gonson isn't going to be good, well, I like Tyler Anderson, right? And then you say, oh, well, Cody Bellinger doesn't know how to hit. He's kind of the anti-Padres first baseman. Padres first baseman guy, ground ball gremlin. He hits everything on the, on, on the ground. And then Cody Bellinger seemingly wants to swing and hit everything into the sky with the way he's been swinging. So even if that doesn't happen, well, I think Bookie Betts has shown in his career that he goes from being a great, like three and a half or like four F four player, which by the way is low by his standards, and then comes back with like an MVP season, so he's probably going to be awesome this year. And then you've got trade turns, so even the guys, if you have them falling off a little bit, that's why I think it puts the Dodgers on top, right? And I imagine that they can maneuver. I don't think their do- their um, farm system is as good as it was before, but they can maneuver and whatnot. And then for my team, lastly, um, I will say with the Padres, I think I would argue that. They made one of the smarter, low-key moves of the offseason with Luke Voigt just because it didn't really cost much, right? It wasn't a giant trade, you know, destroying the farm. They already have a really high payroll. So it's not like they had a ton of moves. And taking a flyer on a guy who was, you know, if you just take the past like 2019 to 2020 and a little bit of 2021, really high WRC plus above 120, uh, hits the ball really, really hard. His isolated power is good. So I don't think this is just a Yankee Stadium thing. I think all things considered it was a really solid move. It's just not exactly what people expect from the Padres who have been, I think, even more than the Dodgers, kind of the kings of just the big splash plays over the last few years. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but they just kind of do it all at once, you know, with Darvish and Snell and Musgrove and then Grisham and then Tommy Pham. And then they make a little bit more moves, even if they aren't always the best moves.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, everyone is probably going to have a consensus answer on this one, the Dodgers, even though I feel like they might have actually lost more talent than they gave during the offseason, even if they didn't sign Freddie Freeman and they still lost all the players I mentioned earlier, I still would have taken them to win the division heading into 2022. So just because I think the D-backs had a good offseason doesn't mean I think the Dodgers aren't going to win the division because you look around the NL West. Uh, like I said before, the Giants, I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back with some of the integral talent they lost. They did a good job of recouping some of it with Carlos Rondon and some of the other pieces they picked up. The Padres, I think they should be in for a bounce-back season. We'll see what happens with you know the Rockies and everything. But I think it is the Dodgers' division to lose. I mean, how many years in a row has it been? Outside of last season, of course, Ben. Zero. Let me give respect to the Giants. Yeah, let me give respect Zero. to the Giants. I know what they did <laughs> last year, Ben. So, But before that, it was like a decade strong or whatever of the Dodgers winning the division. So really I'm going to give you guys a curveball real quick before we end this segment. I Cause I think the better question is who do you think will come in second in this division? Because whoever comes in second, I think it's pretty much guaranteed a wild card spot. So we'll start with Ben again. Do you think your team will finish second in the division?
0: Yeah, I think so. And something I was thinking as we were all talking was that last year, we would have all said for sure that the Padres mm-hmm. were going to finish in second and that didn't happen either. So we just never know. But for me, the Giants, uh, like Jeff was saying, they did improve their rotation and I think they look pretty good and that they will finish in second. Jeff, would you agree the giants are the second best team in the division?
4: Uh, you know, giants are Padres like the, the Padres starting pitching. I have no idea what to make of it. You know, I don't know if you Darvish is a good pitcher without sticky stuff. I don't know we if like Snell is a good pitcher. You know, th- there's a lot of questions and if those guys are good, uh, you know, if Joe Musgrove is still good, I mean, the, the, the Giants, if Mike Clevenger comes back healthy, the, the Padres could be really good. And so uh, it's, uh, if I had to pick between the Giants and Padres finish in second place, I'd probably flip a coin and then get it wrong.
1: Yeah, I think the D-backs lit up Darvish twice in like the last couple months of the season, so I think we definitely know
4: what he is. And the now they have Jordan Luplow, so...
1: Oh, we're going to be doing some damage against that guy <laughs> this season, but Paul, I-, I want to get that take cemented on the podcast for all the listeners. Where do you have the Rockies finishing? Is it second place? Listen...
2: I I I've leaned into it. I am self-proclaimed. I am a I'm a little bit more on the Homer side than than my other co-hosts here. I would say really. I'm a, I'm a you know <laughs> I I, crazy. I know. I think that kind of adds into the why I do a Rockies podcast. I think if I wasn't, it'd be a little bit harder to do what I do. But I, if everything goes exactly right for the Rockies, the Padres stumble again, and the Giants regress a little bit. There is a chance that you could say the Rockies could be second place, but there's a lot of ifs, a lot of buts, a lot of dice to be rolled. And realistically, I think the Rockies are more likely to finish fourth in in the division more, more likely, but baseball's very weird it's not fifth millard i you taught you went on my podcast and you came over or we did the crossover and you came out here saying that the diamondbacks are somehow going to be better than the rockies which it was they were they were considerably worse than the rockies last year by a by a long shot the rockies were historically bad on the road the diamondbacks were historically bad and they beat the rockies i bet being historically bad on the road so i don't think whatever your offseason you said of this quiet Diamondback. Offseason is going to be enough to to knock the Rockies into last place in the division, but uh we'll see about the Padres. Honestly, I, I, I just I don't think they're as up to snuff. This this experiment's kind of running out of time, I feel like, and not maybe not the whole thing because some of those contracts are relatively new. But how long's Manny Machado been running that team now? How long has it been since they kind of started in diving in with that Machado deal to be? this world series talk how many off seasons have we heard of the padres or world series favorites in are in the same place as the rockies come you know middle of the july but i if i if i'm a betting man i'm putting it, i'm putting it on uh, i'm putting it on the giants but the padres could be there too a
3: lot of padres, padres i, don't know, I don't know, see crazy. i saw it coming from jeff and Millard. i know I how was Millard nice. is, and jeff are nice, doing no, well, you it's did the Padres. What
2: do you got to deal with people that no, still don't think right, my holiday touch home good. plate? It's like the one great playoff moment in Rockies history. All right, you all right, know, And, all right, and all right. then we got to right. deal with Padres. We can't even have Rockies fans fill up the stadium because every other California team rolls in and just takes over Coors Field all the <laughs> time. So I got to stick Again. up for us a little bit here. Last what do you year was like a historic
0: disappointment for the Padres. I just have to say, right? We have to get it out there. They were supposed to contend with the Dodgers win 90 nine games and it did for a little bit. Yeah. And they were under 500 historically, mm-hmm. uh, underperforming. Yeah. yeah Javi um, you've heard a lot of slander, you know, the D
1: backs <laughs> finished with a better second half record than the Padres, but now it's time to defend your team. Go ahead, sir.
3: I'll take you all out. Uh, let's go. <laughs> One thing that bothers me. And I, I just want to say thank you to everyone on this, this round table because you allowed me to bring it up and not you guys. And I think that's because in fairness, Everybody loves him. That's Fernando Tatis Jr. There is a a real feeling of like getting the air knocked out of you because I've been really kind of, I don't want to say super bullish on the Padres, but they have given me a little bit of a a vibe of what happened heading into 2020 where everyone was just saying, Manny, disappointing year, right? And all these guys underperformed. It wasn't that great and nothing much changed. But I really like the minor additions they made. You have a Luke Voigt, right? And Nick Martinez, uh, someone commented on my video that may or may not be a family member and hates me now because I didn't necessarily love the signing. But, I mean, it's at least better than what they had before at the back end of the rotation, right? And like Jeff said, it is true. It's a weird rotation. But I do like that there are – it wouldn't shock you, I think, is the key here if you Darvish is able to perform really well, he's a big time tinker. Hopefully he can calm down a little bit, but he's still been very good for before Mike Clevenger at the time they traded for him had one of the lowest ERAs in baseball, you know, and Blake Snell when he started just abandoning the curveball, was really, really electric at the end of the season. One of the highest strikeout rates in all of baseball. So that's possible. And then the fifth spot is really kind of interesting, right? You've got Ryan Weathers, you've got Chris Paddock, and you've got Mackenzie Gore, who's looked a lot better. We forgot about him. That's an interesting player, right? So I do really like at least that there's a lot of question marks at minimum. I'd rather have question marks than guys that I'm like, yeah, uh, Madison Bumgarner looks toast. Or yeah, um, whoever the heck is even... Pitching for the Rockies. What do you guys have? I don't even know. Um, besides <laughs> oh, Hermann. They uh, traded for Austin. Oh, right, Robert. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's you know what? That's that's a Chad trade cool. the best player to franchise history, basically, for Austin Gobber. Um, yeah, I just think that and 50 million overall dollars. though. Still paying. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and that sucks. That's they,
2: they, they're paying this year and next year.
3: But even all that being said. I had that feeling of, all right, Grisham can bounce back. You have some of these things. I love the void move, but the Tatis injury, uh, the boneheaded moment, of course, everybody knows about it. Him responding, saying which one to the motorcycle accident thing and out for three months for now. We don't know if that's going to extend. Who the heck knows? Tatis has had injury issues before with the shoulder that apparently he's not getting um, surgery on. And that's why he was hurt last year. So on top of that, we have this wrist thing. So. I'm just saying if everybody's just kind of penciling him in to come back, I wouldn't necessarily do that. I still think that if the pitching works and if the offense can just be kind of okay, we've seen teams that could perform well that way. Right. You just have a heavy dominant rotation led by Manny Machado on the offense bounce back for Grisham. But the mojo of losing Tatis, it just feels like a punch in the gut. And it just makes me so nervous about this season that might just be super up and down. I think that they could start off just wiping the floor with everybody they play and then they just lose the next month of games in a row. So I think there's just so many different variables for the team. And the problem is that they don't have quite as much room to move as they used to. Uh, but I will say that Paul is out of control. And I think that we have to realize that the Rockies Chris Bryant, like, have fun. Uh have fun with that contract in a few years. Uh Chris Bryant is good. He's a good player. He's gonna give you like a three. A four, probably something you like, you know, that. he's getting traded uh, in three years. So those that's also cool. true. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just saying like, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, Yeah. And I know that Miller's got a whole bunch of other, other questions. So I'll leave it there, uh, The yeah, slander those, towards yeah, my those, team, are, which is unfortunately yeah. earned.
1: Yeah. <laughs> only a 10 minute response on how the Padres are going to finish worse than second somehow. But <laughs> it sounds like we're all in agreement that maybe the Dodgers are going to win the division. So if you want to bet on who's going to win the NL West, do you guys know where you need to head? Ben, where do you have to go? Bet online. That's right, sir. You have to head to bet Online because after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. You name it, BetOnline remains the best spot for your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Head to BetOnline.net where the game starts. All right, gentlemen, let's get back into the NLS Divisional Roundtable. And up next, I want to know who you guys think is the most valuable in-season trade, Chip. And for this one... Javi, tell us why it's not Eric Hosmer.
3: Uh, Yeah, the first baseman who must not be named. I'd say that the Padres, it's really close because I also think that the Dodgers have at least a package involving Gavin Lux, who I think that a lot of people are still very interested in. So if they want to maneuver, say the bullpen is a disaster and there's some awesome closing, I could see them doing that, but. The Padres still do have some really top-level prospects that if they want to move, and this isn't a reflection of whether or not I think they should, um, they have Robert Hassel, who's probably going to go up and up in the prospect rankings. You have C.J. Abrams, you have Mackenzie Gore, and then you have Luis Campisano. Those are some like really firm prospects. James Wood, some other guys. So I actually think that the, the Padres system, while not what it used to be, it's had a high fall-off, but there's still a lot left over that to be excited about. So I do think that they have some potential uh, trade pieces. Um, whether or not they make a trade is another thing entirely, but I'd say in terms of the pieces, uh, I actually might even say uh, the best in the division in terms of that, but not necessarily like the easiest. There's so many different things with their payroll, right? And with the position stuff that it might be hard to make the trade, but just in terms of in a vacuum, I do think that they have some of the most enticing pieces amongst teams in, in the division right now.
1: Ben, where do you stand on who has the best trade piece in the off season? or in the division? My bad.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the Padres because they, if they're out of contention, there's a lot of pieces they could move, including prospects like Mackenzie Gore and CJ Abrams. So, uh, the Dodgers and the Giants don't figure to be selling at the deadline at all. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's the Padres.
1: Ben, with another succinct, sweet answer. We Sorry. love it. <laughs> You're all good, Ben. We're going to head over to now. Jeff Snyder. Jeff, do you guys, do the Dodgers have any trade pieces? Who do you think? Which team do you think has the best trade piece?
4: Well, don't tell anybody I said this, but Javi made a good point, um, which is that uh, the the Padres, I I, I think the, the answer is the Padres probably, except like Javi was saying, there's the question of, Bringing on that kind of talent, you know, whoever they would trade for, a lot of times the guys getting traded for are high dollar guys, or you know, in the case of like a, a Brian Reynolds or whoever is that the guy's name in Pittsburgh? Brian you yeah. know, who, who's going to be expecting to get money soon? You know, I'm not convinced that the Padres' current uh, financial model is sustainable. Of sign a guy to a huge long term contract and then have him get hurt in a dirt bike accident, that seems like a bad recipe for winning, you know, but they, they've got several big contracts on the books. And so that might affect their desire to use those trade chips. So like Javi said, in a vacuum, I think it's probably the Padres. I think the Dodgers are probably more likely to actually use some of those trade chips to actually go get what they need because the Dodgers, as Paul mentioned, are really good at spending money and, uh, and don't mind doing it. And so uh, I think the Padres probably have bre- better trade chips or more available trade chips. The Dodgers are more likely to actually pull off the big move midseason, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Mm, I mean, simple. 100%. They've done it yeah. many times. They've gotten, they went out and got Machado. They went out and got you, Darvish. And uh, hey, it seems uh, like every year, if Oakland's they have a need, selling need, they, they're able to just <laughs> replenish it.
3: Oakland's selling right now. They want to sure up that rotation, go get Frankie Montez or Shamaniah. You know, like I, I could see the Dodgers being like, cool. We'll give you our right. eighth prospect or something like that because Oakland's just totally selling right now, and um, I am I'm just to flip it over. I was wondering, Miller, are we sure that catal Marte's is not getting traded? Are we sure. Oh, oh, we are I
1: sure because,
3: yeah. I mean,
1: I think he would have been if we didn't see that extension. I think he would have been the answer yeah, to this question. Sure? But I'm pretty <laughs> sure we had Zach Buchanan okay, of the Athletic okay. on the pod a couple of days ago, and he Ooh. told us that. Mm. Marte is probably going to be on this contract for the – he's going to be on the D-back for the duration of his contract now that he's locked in. He wants to be in Arizona, apparently. I don't know why he wants to play for the D-backs. I don't know why he doesn't (laughs) want to get a boatload of money. But if he wants to stay here and play for not the best team in baseball and take half of what he's worth, like, I'm going to be all for it. So to me, I guess I'll give my answer and then, Paul, you can go. For me, I think the team with the best trade pieces, I don't think it's the D-backs. I think it's probably the Dodgers because the Dodgers have the most talent on their roster. They have the most pieces that can easily be moved because they have so much talent. So I look at someone like Cody Bellinger, and I think he could be a trade asset because he is someone that struggled the last couple of years, we all know. But if maybe he gets hot to start the season, or maybe if he continues to struggle, maybe the Dodgers decide to move off Cody Bellinger. Maybe another team decides. We know he hasn't looked good the last two seasons, but. If you look at his three previous seasons before that, he was an MVP candidate, an all-star every year. Maybe he just needs a new environment and we can be that environment for him. So I could see Cody Bellinger potentially being a trade piece if someone's willing to give him uh, you know, a baby extension at least. And another guy you brought up, Javi, Gavin Lux, of course, one of the top prospects in baseball at the time when he was coming up. Hasn't really gotten much of an opportunity with the Dodgers so far, but Maybe they trade Gavin Lux for another starter if they feel like it's necessary or another back-end reliever because, like I mentioned in the first segment, they lost a lot of relievers this offseason. So maybe they want to trade Gavin Lux for a closer or something like that. So I look at the Dodgers because they just have the most talent and they have the most pieces to be moved at the deadline if they need to feel if they feel like they have a, a need or an upgrade that they have to make around the roster. So I'll go with the Dodgers as having the best trade pieces just because they have the most trade pieces. But Paul, where do you stand on who has the best trade piece in the NL West?
2: You took mine Miller because I'm with you. I think the Dodgers trade Bellinger at the deadline this year. I think mm. if he doesn't perform, I think they they go into a who's going to help us win now mentality. Can we go out and trade with uh an Oakland to trade Bellinger to bring in a, a pitcher that helps us beef up there and go in a different direction. Um and uh, you know the Padres are interesting too with with all their pieces. I I think it's so I think it's between those two, but that was my my big trade chip. I think uh, what the future of Cody Bellinger in L.A., is a very interesting one. So, and I, and I can't imagine that there haven't already been talks I would with about Cody Bellinger. And and the, the Rockies traded away what I thought was one of their more interesting ones. I thought a more packaged deal of their... They're going to be a team that somebody will call if they need outfield depth, uh, an injury happening to a team. The Rockies have a, a log jam in the outfield right now. They've already moved away from Rymel Tapia, but they replaced Rymel Tapia with another outfielder. So there's they're still going to be a situation where if the Rockies were to get involved with some trades, I think you'll see the outfield uh, be involved because the Rockies top prospects I think are a key part of their plan and outside of their top prospects no one else is really that exciting for the Rockies. So uh, I would go ahead and say I think it's the Dodgers especially because I think Bellinger is the most enticing uh, chip of them all in the NL West of, of someone that could possibly move. And Paul I'll just, to... oh, just go ahead
4: say. If the Dodgers trade Gavin Lux for a reliever, I will eat one of each of your shoes.
1: (laughs) Okay. I will get some shoes for you, Jeff. Ben, it looks like you want to say something.
4: Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. I just want to say the one thing that complicates things with Cody Bellinger is that he's owed $17 million this year, and he's only under club control for two seasons. And so it's hard for me to see, it's it's like a little bit hard to, to figure what kind of a a trade that would be what i would, would see like, that there yeah. would be a lot of teams involved but like the a's i can't see them taking on that money or the short-term nature so it would almost be like selling to a contender which would be a little bit of a weird situation yeah, i think bellinger getting mm-hmm.
4: traded at all is even less likely than Lux getting traded for a reliever okay and paul <laughs> you
1: did do a little segue there for us by talking about some prospects because that's what i want to talk about next which who do you guys think has the best farm system in the division to set their team up for future success? We'll start with the man who can trade for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, and yet somehow have their farm system rise in the rankings. That is Jeff Snyder of On Dodgers. Jeff, what do you have to say?
4: Yeah. You know, the, there's kind of three tiers of, of prospects in the national league West. I feel like the Dodgers and D-backs, Dodgers and D-backs are kind of pretty close in their systems. They're kind of done in different ways. The D-backs are a little more top heavy, the Dodgers are a little more depth. And, you know, uh, I, I think the, be- the D-backs are more likely to have, you know, the best player from the, the current farm system over, over the Dodgers. But I think the Dodgers are more likely to have more major leaguers. Uh, and, and so, you know, which which works out well for the Dodgers because, There's two things that a good farm system does for you. It helps replenish your team and it gives you people to trade uh, to help replenish your team. And so uh, I I think I'd probably say the D-backs are a little bit better than the Dodgers on the farm system, but it's really close. Then you kind of got that middle tier where the Padres have fallen over over the last couple of years because they've made so many trades. They've traded so many of their prospects. And so I think they're down below the Giants now, but both kind of middle of the pack, kind of among all 30 teams in baseball. And then, and then you got the Rockies, who uh, have decided to augment their bad on-field major league product with a bad farm system, which is an interesting strategy, to say the least. Uh, bold. Uh, yeah, it, it is bold. You know? and, and they don't even have a Jordan Leplo to help them. Um, but who do you – oh, Austin Gomber. <laughs> they do have Austin Gomber. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I'd say if I was ranking the farm system in the NL West, I'd go D-backs, Dodgers, Giants, Padres, and then the Rockies. Oof.
1: Mm. so the d-backs Harsh. With the off season and Harsh. The best <laughs> i mean wow okay
2: rockies, Paul. who do they trade the rockies trade they don't they don't do anything the rockies let john gray and trevor story walk for a combined total of one draft pick i mean there's I, I don't know, Millard, I don't want to jump through, but just there's just no argument to me that I think it's, it's above and beyond clear that the Rockies have the worst farm system in the NL West, and, and it's still probably not great in terms of, of Major League Baseball. The the big move trades, the, the, the these free agent moves are, are exciting, sure, and this offseason has been exciting, but let's not ignore the damage that the Rockies have done to their prospects by immediately throwing some people into the mix to try and call them up to fill up their gaps and then not getting any getting for Nolan Arenado, John Gray and Trevor story. All of them not on the team anymore. Three, prospects out of that entire uh, you know all of out of all three of those players so uh, I I don't know they just can't the Rockies just simply aren't in a place to keep up with the machine that that I think the Dodgers is because that that would be my my pick would just be the Dodgers are a baseball machine I think from from the top down they they have an entire plan and and they have had a plan in place and are actually a draft and develop team unlike the Colorado Rockies who draft and develop and then sign and then trade away in the middle of their prime That's kind of their plan.
1: Yeah, I think the Dodgers farm system has to be the most annoying part of the franchise because it's one thing to be like, you know, a big market (laughs) team and being able to spend or acquire any major league you want. But to also have the top prospects come up every season through your system, it's ridiculous. And I just I'm totally annoyed by it. So,
3: Javi, please take the mic away from me. Yeah, um, surely. I I think you guys are underrated a little bit of the Padres system. It is very top heavy. For sure, with like kind of their four golden eggs with Campizano and and Gore and whatnot. And I know the Dodgers have Diego Cartea and guys like that. And it's not necessarily like the dudes who are jumping off the page. Maybe we'll see. Again, that's another thing is that Farm systems can change pretty quickly, or at least the view on them. I, I remember a good example is the Yankees, who everyone was like, oh, they're screwed. And all of a sudden, they're like this Anthony Volpe kid, who I hear on every single local radio station here in Jersey, like that everyone's really excited about that that team's farm. So it can change, but I'm still kind of uh, optimistic about it. And I agree, Millard. It is very annoying, and it is true that the Dodgers are villains. Let, let, let's be clear. They, they have a villainous edge to them. They have this thing where everyone's like, why do they keep getting the best player? Why is it they, they buy everybody, is what everyone says, right? But the problem with that is there's there's three sides to that problem, right? Number one, um, you know, part of this is yes, it, it stinks that the Dodgers can go out and trade for Mookie Betts and then extend him. Not many teams necessarily can do that, right? It is annoying that they could go out and sign Freddie, that they could go out and sign whatever starting pitcher they need, another guy who's currently, uh, I believe, on, on, an ex- on the exemption list until a little bit after the season with Trevor Bauer, but they can go out there and bottom lines, they can get the guys. But you also have to remember, this is part two, is they're really good at developing. All right. Cody Bellinger is not a guy that they signed, right? Um, they have plenty of guys from Max Muncie to Clayton Kershaw that people might have heard of to Walker Bueller. So it's not j- just that. That's one thing that makes them unstoppable, but that's not the full piece of the pie. And the third thing with the Dodgers that you have to keep in mind is well, you can hate them. And you can be like, this is, I hate this. They're the Warriors, like that Warriors stretch when they had Kevin Durant and whatnot. They're a super team. But you have to, in baseball, remember that there are teams spending $30 million a year, right? And that's what helps contribute to that. Why aren't the St. Louis Cardinals going out and signing somebody? You know, that's a good team. I'm not talking about the Diamondbacks, right? Because the Diamondbacks are rebuilding. I'm not necessarily hating that they're like, I don't want to commit, you know, 50 million a year or whatever, Freddie Freeman. It's teams like the Brewers, it's teams like the Cardinals, it's teams like the, the Cleveland Guardians, it's teams like the Tampa Bay Rays, these contenders that just sit there. And while they're good at developing and everybody likes to slurp and drink the Kool-Aid about how great organizations they are, it's like, well, show me a championship first. I would appreciate that before we start crowning them the best. And in my opinion, sign like a couple really big guys. So you can hate the Dodgers, but you also have to bring up, there's a reason they're able to get these free agents all the time.
1: Yeah. That's a big reason why I don't hate the Dodgers for signing Freddie Freeman because anyone could have signed Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers were the ones that stepped up to the plate. And so there's
3: contenders that could have too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, So I can't be mad at the Dodgers that they were the only ones to meet the demands of a Freddie Freeman. So Ben Kaspic, who do you have as the
0: best farm system in the NL West? Honestly, I mean, I'm not the number one authority on farm systems, but I do know the Giants' farm system, I would say, is a little bit underrated, and they've been on the rise for many years here. And they were able to kind of do that same thing where they gave up a couple prospects to get Chris Bryant, and it didn't really negatively influence their farm system. So the D-backs and the Dodgers have good ones, but the Giants have a good one as well. I
4: agree. I agree with that. And, uh, you know, when 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 the Giants hired Farhan Zaidi, Somebody asked me if I was sad for the Dodgers to be losing Zaidi, and I told them not nearly as sad as I am that the Giants are getting smart. You know, like uh, uh, Brian Sabian. I, I think one of the worst things that ever happened to the Giants, uh, and it's obviously a trade off they they take, but was winning those three World Series because it it extended the Sabian years. It extended, you know, it, it set them back. And the reason that the Giants struggled for several years is because. They married themselves to the guys who won them those three titles and uh, in the front office, because, yeah, I think the Giants are definitely on the way up. And I just want to say, if I didn't love the Dodgers so much, I would hate them, too. So I understand uh, (laughs) that, you know, you guys weren't blessed to be born into a Dodger family like I was. So I understand why you hate them. And, uh, you know, I'm crying for you on the inside. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's okay jeff because coming away from this podcast my big takeaway is the d-backs have won three of the four categories today because they are also going to win the best farm system category because when i look at the d-backs farm system not only when i you know i i had to do a little research because like ben said i'm not a prospect guy either so i had to actually look up mob farm system rankings and always at the very top d-backs are like top five on almost every list the other teams in the you know in the NL West, uh, a little bit more shaky on where their position was. But the D-backs were always top five. And when I look at their farm system, they actually have guys coming up at positions of needs. The D-backs need these prospects. The other teams, the Dodgers, the Giants, the, the Padres, you guys might use your prospects as trade chips. Sorry, Paul, I didn't mention the Rockies because they don't have any prospects. <laughs> but for the D-backs, you've got their number one prospect, Jordan Lawler, fell into their laps last season. Lindsey Crosby, our prospect host, told me he's going to be the next Carlos Correa. So I'm going to take that one to the bank. Our minor league player of the year, Alec Thomas, outfielder. He will replace Jordan Luplo probably in the next couple of seasons, maybe this season. So <laughs> we will probably see him on the MLB level. Our number two prospect, Corbin Carroll. He's expected to come. He's going to start a double A this year. Maybe we'll see him in September. Maybe we'll see him next year. So the top five to six D-backs prospects. We might all see them on the MLB level in the next two seasons. And those are all guys who are actually going to play and get major league playing time. They're not going to be like Gavin Lux who just has to ride the bench every season because the Dodgers have the ability to sign all-stars and trade for all-stars during the regular season. No, the D-backs need these players to come up and actually work out and play well because if they don't, then maybe that Ketel Marte trade machine starts ramping up again. So I'm going with the D-backs as the best farm system for future success because they need their farm system for future success. Now, I'm going to give you guys a curveball before we wrap up today because we're already over on time anyway, so might as well keep you guys on your toes. So before we wrap up, I want a World Series prediction from each of you. We'll just go in order. We'll start with you, Paul Holden. I was really
2: hoping I wasn't going to be put on the spot, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with the, with the stuff that's on paper. I'm going to say the Dodgers are going to find themselves uh, back in another world series. I don't think there's a, a team in the national league that, that is better than the Dodgers. And, uh, on the other side, though, I think it's going to be fun. My my one other thing: the Seattle Mariners will win the West, make a deeper run than people think, but the Dodgers will end up facing the Toronto Blue Jays in the World Series. I think the Blue Jays are just going to out hit everybody this year, and they're going to be a really fun team that I think uh, is, is 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 just waiting to kind of explode and maybe a team that'll make a deal that changes the uh, the the face of them in the middle of the season. But I got the uh, I got the juggernaut Dodgers taking on this new fun toronto team and i got dodgers in six Hottie? as much as that died, the, the the vomit did come up in the <laughs> mouth burned my entire throat coming up and back down as i i'm just trying to be a realistic baseball person on march 31st just
1: a little mom spaghetti on your shirt um, it's okay
3: i feel like i am constitutionally obliged to make the crazy pick because I cover a crazy team and I've been slandered all day. I'm going to go with the strategy of believing in the New York Mets uh, to come out of the National League. I like the hiring of Buck Walter. Craziest off season. They have a little bit of a vibe to them that I like this year. I think there's a little bit of a winner's edge to them, and I think Lindor is going to bounce back. I think a lot of people got really unlucky on their team last year, and I just think that sometimes in the playoffs, I just think if they're healthy, everything's good. Degrom Scherzer is pretty stupid. Like, that's just ridiculous. And even for the Dodgers, that's just insane. It, heck of a series, though. That'll be, by the way. There's there's a real chance that whatever happens with the Mets and whatnot, it could, we could get some really great playoff uh, moments for sure. And then everyone's going with the Blue Jays right now. I'm going to go with the Astros again. I think the Astros are going to continue to make people mad. That's my take. I think everyone, as someone who's been watching and being miserable about sports for years, the sports guys just make us miserable constantly. I think the Astros are making it back. And I think it's going to be the storyline of without Correa, they made it back. I can just see it so clearly in my head. So that's my
0: pick.
1: Astros making you know, at it to the least. world series is always a fantastic narrative. Ben, what's the narrative
0: you're going with giants over white Sox. Playoffs are crap. So if you get Absolutely. in, you have a shot. And, and like Jeff said, said earlier, the too. giants starting rotation, they've got some electric arms in Logan Webb. Oh yeah. I think the Dodgers saw that firsthand. And Carlos Rodon, former White Sox, how about that? Taking on his former team uh, and winning the World Series. I thought you were going to say winner
3: for the National League this year. Carlos I thought going to say
0: it could uh, be Giants over White Sox, and then just leave
1: it at that. Ben, just walk away from your <laughs> like, desk and just yeah, close the just, camera.
4: Just, <laughs> <laughs> you want short and sweet? I'll show great. you short and sweet.
1: Yeah, let's see. Let's let's hear it, Jeff. Let's hear let's hear your take on who's going to win the World Series or at least make it there.
4: Well, first Javi, I don't know if you saw this, but right about at the moment that we hit record on this, Tim Healy of Newsday reported that Jacob deGrom has right uh, a tight right shoulder and probably won't make it start tomorrow. So uh that has already started. Um that that that's why Fair I have a enough. hard time getting on the Mets, you know, that they, they they are the Mets. Um yeah, I mean I think the Dodgers are clearly the best team in the National League and are going to be in the World Series. Uh, and you know, I, I thought about the Blue Jays, thought about the White Sox. Honestly, I think it's going to be a, a Dodgers Rays rematch and a repeat of the of the same result: Dodgers in six.
1: Shocker! Dodgers in six. I'm actually going to go with an answer that is pretty simple too. I'm going to go with the team out of the National League who made it out the National League last season in the Atlanta Braves who. Added Matt Olsen, who added mm-hmm. the Dodgers closer Canley Jansen, who is getting Mike Soraco probably back soon. Should get Ronald Acuna back, too, during the season. They pretty much brought the band back and are going to get some extra additions. So I'm going with the Braves versus the Boston Red Sox, the unpopular pick because – Like Mookie Betts, the Red Sox always seem to be a team that's like down for a couple years, and then all of a sudden, they win the World Series. This was a team everyone thought was going to either get smacked by the Yankees in the wild card last season or get swept by Tampa Bay. And what did they do? They ended up having a historic playoff run in terms of runs being scored so for the red sox if they get a healthy chris sale back nathan avaldi continues to pitch well and then maybe they go out there at the deadline and add another starter i think their offense is going to be dynamic i don't think they're i think their bullpen needs some improvement as well if they could get a couple more maybe a starter and a couple more relievers i think that would solidify that team but i think they're going to smash their way potentially to the world series so i got braves over red Sox in seven games for the 2022 world series
2: and you just kind of skated right over that new second baseman there in boston uh, <laughs> I, I saw it too you didn't want to mention the fact that uh certain players now there as well Boston's So you'll be kind really Paul, interesting but not trevor, me. Okay. take the over on cool. all trevor story stats i'm telling you that right now put
3: it count it be in a man while he's dead unbelievable go to bed online. unbelievable you gotta Jack go to bed online
2: that's yeah, why i'm gonna go to Pick the over on the on the story rbis and the home runs i think both of them are low for him i can't remember what they are off the top of my head over there at bet online but trevor is gonna be a monster in the al
1: east well y'all that's gonna wrap up wrap up our nls divisional roundtable. i had a lot of fun i hope you guys did as well i'm miller thomas of locked on diamondbacks you can follow me on twitter at creator thomas 24 but let's go around and you guys say your social media handles as well so the people can follow you I'm Paul Holden uh, at Paul Holden33.
2: You can follow Locked On Rockies at L O Rockies on Twitter as
4: well.
3: At Javapeno, Javipeno J A V I I P E N O for a bunch of dumb tweets about a lot of dumb things. And if you want exclusively Padres at L-O underscore Padres and go check out the YouTube. Um cool stuff on there as well.
0: <laughs> cool stuff. <laughs> I'm Just Ben Caspick, cool Locked On Giants. Uh the show's on YouTube as well and on Twitter uh at Ben Caspick.
4: I'm Jeff Snyder. Twitter handle is Snydog, S N I D O G. Uh, the show's handle is just at locked on Dodgers. Also on YouTube. And uh, I didn't get to say this earlier, but uh, Javi Smells.
3: <laughs> okay, <laughs> quick shot. You know to what? The I do have the best Twitter handle. That's the one thing I'll conclude with. I think my handle <laughs> rules, so all of you could suck it.
1: <laughs> I thought Javi's first and last name was like Javi peño for a year. I didn't even realize until I had to go on podio and look it up. So I, I called him Javi peño for like the first year we did crossover. So that's it. <laughs> I was going to wrap up the NLS roundtable. We got baseball in a couple days. We are all excited. uh I mean, it looks like the Dodgers going to win the NLS together again we'll what see we what happens that's what we said last year that's you right then that's Keep why us. we play the game that's why yep. we play the game and we don't play it on paper I'm Miller Thomas that is Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies that is Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres Ben Kaspic of Lockdown Giants and Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers we are Let's-